Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash ev6 kia movement that inspires hello rob where are you what up i'm in santa barbara there you go there you go hey everybody it's literally with me rob Lowe. uh today kevin dillon it will be with us to discuss entourage and, I mean, Johnny drama. Come on. Come on. You know you love him. And, um, but also some early stuff. We're going to do deep cuts with Kevin Dillon. A little platoon, perhaps. little little uh, John Densmore and the Doors. And, of course, I'm going to ask him about his insane brother, Matt Dillon. Because I have a lot of post-traumatic stress from my years with Matt after The Outsiders, running around New York City. I'm just going to say it. Now we had a blast. Anyway, let's get to it. Kevin, my man, what are you doing? How? Where are you and how are you? I'm actually in L.A. right now at uh, Action Park Studios, where Excellent. we do my podcast. I got a podcast called Victory the Podcast, which I'd love to have you on. Absolutely. One of these days. How did I never end up on entourage i don't know that's an outrage you know what if we do the reboot you're coming on we gotta have I'm coming on. on i'm i mean ellen is uh you know a friend i've i've known him a little bit off and on through the thing but chad lowe was on it and yeah the movie, chad, yeah so funny in the entourage movie chad lowe yeah he's great man he's great by the way doug allen is here right now he's in the other room kevin connelly's in, in in another room over here jesus you got the whole the whole Magilla. Yeah, we're going to do a victory podcast right after yours. How many episodes in in the watch party are you on victory? You know, I'm not really sure, but it's probably yeah. about 115 or so. Holy shit. Yeah. How many have you done? This is We're like 103 episodes already. Nice. Like that. 
Yeah, nice. we're you know I love it. I don't know about you, but I love I love podcasts. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you know, I I pop on. I've been you know when I work, I like to focus on the acting thing. But um, you know, Kevin Connolly and Doug Allen will hold down the fort until I come back. But it's yeah, great. it's fun, man. It really is. We have a hoot. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately it's kind of just me. So I'm I'm like this is my one day off on my uh, on I'm doing a show for for Netflix right now and. Yeah. So like, oh, great! Enjoy your day off. I'm like, I'm doing two podcasts. And it's not a day off, <laughs> yeah. but it's fun. It's super yeah. fun, and it's it's great to talk to you because I mean, we we, I think the, I was trying to think about the very first time I ever met you, and I think it might have been at like it was definitely a nightclub in New York. Yeah, I feel like it might have been like Area. <laughs> Is that possible? Is it possible? Do That's you remember totally Area? Possible, bro. That sounds about right. Area. So good. Yeah, right? so long ago, man. So oh, long ago. Oh, so long. Back when clubs were fun, man. Now it's all the bottle service. They suck Dude, now. You're talking my language. Okay, I, bottle, you know that song Video Killed the Radio Star, right? Yeah. <laughs> bottle service killed. Killed the nightclubs, right? Killed was, the night, Cluded dead. Yeah, because there's no more uh, socializing. Everyone just stays within their little group. It's not like... Uh, you have to go to the bar. You can meet people there, and it just you just stay within your little table. Just killed it. And look, and there were always like rich older guys trolling, but now, <laughs> yeah. but but you kind but now they they run the the thing because they're paying for the booth, they're paying they're for the bottle. Twenty thousand dollars of bottles. I wasn't. I, I was a unemployed actor. I couldn't afford any of that shit. Yeah, you were unemployed. I don't know about that. <laughs> there bro. was a moment. There was there was one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, our careers. We've been the two of us have been doing this for so long, man. I know I started in '84. Yeah, and you probably yeah. started around that time too. I know you and Matt did uh, did Outsiders. Outsiders was eighty eighty two. We wow. shot it in. I think. Wow, 82. came out in eighty three. Um, it's funny because I remember because Matt was a bigger, you know, Matt was an icon already, and yeah. I remember the very first time I wrote about it in my book, we were walking in the Tulsa Excelsior lobby shooting Outsiders. And because Matt was already, a, we were unknowns, but Matt was already famous. All these girls were there to see Matt and they would literally line the lobby three deep. Wow. And I remember walking in and I'd never seen anything like it. And Matt in his, you know, with his boom box. Yeah. He shoulder. always had the boom box going. Oh, always. <laughs> He loves his music, still does. Always with the boombox, and it yeah. was always like um, T-Rex was like his thing. Yeah, he loved any kind of punk and uh, sex pistols. And- he's got his T-Rex playing on the boombox, and he's kind of looking at the girls that he walks by, and he, he kind of looked at one and like said, like gave her the like, hey, come here, like vibe, and she immediately left her three friends, <laughs> just like they didn't exist anymore. Oh, man. She looks back at her friends like, oh, my fucking God. (laughs) And I remember going, aha. I remember those days as well because, uh, you know, I was still in high school. And there would be girls driving by the house like, where's Matt? Where's Matt? You know, he was nowhere near Mamarinick at that stage. He was long gone making movies. But there would be thousands of them coming by. They'd break into my grandparents' house. Like, (laughs) like I'm going to be... Like I'm gonna be at my grandparents. Oh my god! <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. But um, yeah, yeah. And then I re- I remember very vividly when um, you got platoon. Yeah, that was a big break. Big break for every a lot of people. I mean, everybody. Yeah, people, you're not people forget. People forget. You Depp was in it. Johnny Depp was great. He did. How to speak Vietnamese in there? 
Defoe, Charlie. Berenger. Yeah. Keith David. Oh, Keith. How great was Keith David? Keith was great. He was great. John McGinley. Johnny C. McGinley. So great in that movie. McGinley. God, he was, I mean, how about that group? Yeah, I know. It was a great cast. Stone put it together, man. Was, um, you must have great Oliver Stone stories. You've got it. I Who got, doesn't? Yeah, I got a couple. <laughs> you know, I worked with them on The Doors, too, so I got a couple from that one. I remember we were doing The Doors. We were doing this um, Warhol scene where mm-hmm. we're uh, walking around. We have this big walk and talk. It's like 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. We're exhausted. Ugh. And I was low energy, and I was. Mm. And he's like, Dylan, what the fuck are you doing in my movie? Get, get your energy up. And it is. It's on me to keep that. It's on us, Rob. We got to keep that energy up. I did a reading for Oliver of a script called Noriega. Ah. It's going to be about Noriega. The, it's right up his alley. The dictator, yeah. And Oliver um, Al Pacino was playing Noriega, and I was playing Oliver North. Wow. And Ollie. we do... We, it's going to be great. And we do the... We, the movie never got made. We oh. do the... We break... We do the reading... Halfway through, we take a break. I go to the water fountain. I look up Oliver standing over the water fountain, just looking at me, shaking his head, kind of, in, <laughs> frankly, kind of in disgust. And I go, what? He goes, I don't know, man. I just thought there'd be more energy. Wow. And, and I practically pooped. So <laughs> we go back We go back into the reading, and the very next scene I have, man, I'm I'm so over the top now. I'm like... You know, oh, yeah. Go on berserk. And I, and I look over and Oliver's just kind of nodding and shaking his head like, yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted. That, he, he likes energy. Get, he gets what he wants from an actor. And it's not always the nicest way about going about it, but he'll get what he needs. And he's he's actually, you know, it could go either way. People get really upset or you could just go with yeah. it. You know, I kind of always went with it. If he yelled at me or something, I'll go. Take it on the chin and try and do better. That's the way you got to deal with Ollie. You were in, um, where, where'd you do, um, platoon, Philippines? Philippines, yeah, three months. Were people there going, oh, I remember when they did Apocalypse Now here? They were, yeah. I mean, Charlie was coming back to the Philippines because Charlie was there when his dad was there. Ba- they basically just ousted Marcos. So it was a pretty yeah. dangerous time to be there. My parents were like, I don't even, we don't want you going. And I was like, sorry, guys, I'm going. I'm not going to miss out this opportunity. I just turned 18. Yeah. And to do Jesus. a movie in the Philippines with Oliver Stone. And he just screened a, he did a screening of Salvador, the movie Salvador. Mm-hmm. And it was so damn good. I was like, this guy is going to make a great movie. He was, yeah. And he wasn't really Oliver Stone. I mean, you know, Salvador was a great first, great sort of yes. first thing, but, but he wasn't that I was a writer quite yet. Yeah. He was a writer. He did a uh, Scarface. He wrote Scarface. A lot of people don't know that. He directed a movie called The Hand. I don't know. I saw it as a kid. I don't the know if you ever hand. saw that one. The Hand with the hand crawling around. It was pretty good, actually. The, the, this, the movie we did was so funny. We didn't do was so funny because it was like a great movie when it was about Noriega and Oliver North. and But then they inevitably got to South America and it became like a communist manifesto movie. Oh, boy. Which you knew he loved. Yeah, and and yeah, people yeah. were like falling Why didn't asleep. Why did this movie get done? I mean, it sounds great. Because the, the second half was awful. The second half was totally like a political manifesto of yeah. the greatness of communism and all the shit Ooh. that Oliver was into. Yeah, it, yeah. But uh, it was it was super funny, and and you could just see Al Pacino 
you know, kind of going, it's great when it's great and it's not good when it wasn't good. But it was fun. It was fun to be a part of something like that. Yeah. And how uh, you guys didn't film anything, right? No. You just explored it, worked on it a bit, and yep, yep, yeah, that was it. That was my only my only time with with uh, Oliver. Other than um, speaking of clubs, when uh, clubs were at their height in the eighties, we I they were making Wall Street in in New York, and I was making a movie called Masquerade. And boy, oh boy, between me, Charlie, and Oliver Stone, and Michael <laughs> Douglas, frankly, yeah, yeah, I mean. And you got McGinley in that one too, Johnny C. Oh, McGinley. And Johnny C. I mean, those were the days when you you burned a candle at both ends, and we we thought we could do it forever and not pay a price. Yeah, yeah. You were we were young enough to bounce back. Now it would hurt too much. Oh, for sure. Well, I have so I tell me I also I'm obsessed with you know Johnny dramas. Such a great you know Vincent Chase, the Vincent Chase I knew. The acting coach. Yeah, there was an acting coach named Vincent Chase, but I don't yes. really know all the details. But I don't think that's why Doug named him Vincent Chase. I really think it's got to do with David Chase. It was more kind of because he loved David Chase. Really? Yeah, I think that's why we we became Johnny and, and Vince Chase. Because I, I had thought it was Mark Wahlberg's first acting coach was Vincent Chase. Okay. Vincent Chase... Made Mark an actor. Wow. Uh, his other big student was Bill Paxton, because you know Bill Paxton Love gave Bill. Mark his gave his gave Mark his very first big acting job. Oh, Bill was such a good guy. What a what a loss. I know. God damn, he was the best. <laughs> he was yeah. great, man. He really was. Yeah. So Vincent Chase's uh, used to make um, the acting coach used to make Bill as an exercise do all of his dialogue with a penny between his teeth. They help him enunciate. I want to get to the bottom of why his name is Vincent Chase. Okay. okay. We got to get to the bottom of this. I'll, get, I'll, I'll drag Doug Allen in here right now. Let's find out what the fuck is up. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it right now. I think, you know, I, it might be a combination of both. I know David mm-hmm. Chase was, you know, Doug loved David Chase. So I think that's what the Chase, but I don't know. We got it. We'll find out. In Entourage, who do you think the most famous cameo is i think of tom brady but that's because i'm a brady fan maybe i would probably say tom brady I, yeah I right think you're probably right i don't know anyone bigger than tom brady uh, no oh lebron yeah lebron was a big cameo i mean you guys had aaron sorkin on there i think yes we did yes we did and what you know what we we wanted to get obama who was the president at the time of course he wouldn't do it but he loved the show maybe the reboot bro we'll get you and obama in a scene together but, you know, I, I thought we had, like, James Cameron. To me, that was big. That was big time. It made it feel real. Made it feel real. And yeah. and the fact that I wanted to see your guys' version of Aquaman. I was so bummed when they actually made Aquaman. And it's, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a fan of Aquaman. No, I, um, I'm not really either. And I want a James your... Cameron version of Aquaman would be Come way on. better. I mean, anything James Cameron does, forget it. James Cameron and water, it's magic. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would work. That would work. Right? But Aquaman is a tricky one. I mean, anything that's got to be shot underwater is going to be tough. All of the inside show business stuff on that show used to make me laugh because it was so, I mean, even down to the, um, to Ari's office looked like the office of, of WME. Yeah. 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 Looks exactly the same. They, they might even have uh, knocked it off. I mean, they did that stuff all the time on that show. Yeah. Everything that happened on that show pretty much happens in real life in Hollywood. Totally. Yeah.
Where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day? Or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky same day. Or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. Look, I love California. Um, And I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. All good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash Rob. That's harrys.com slash Rob for a $3 trial set. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed. Just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. The pandemic's been great for me. It really has. Uh, they needed they needed more TV shows, more movies, and I'm ready to do them. So I've been working like crazy. Things have been good. You got a movie coming out with Bruce Willis. Yes, I did two with Bruce. How did you end up doing two with Bruce? Well, Bruce has been just, he's been cranking them out until, you know, now obviously he's ill, so he's not working so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first one, I didn't have any scenes with Bruce. But I was in it. It was called A Day to Die. I thought they figured if they could get Bruce, put the movie, the word die in there. It would be That's like right. 
So I did that one. And then the second one I did is um, is coming out, actually. That's called Wire Room. And that's the first time I realized that, you know, Bruce had some some issues, you know. Great guy. He's one of the best. And a legend. Oh. And it's sad. It's sad. He's Speaking of clubs, and we'll get to Bruce in a minute, but do you remember Cafe Central? Of course, man. Yeah. I mean, okay, so Cafe Central, again, I, anything in New York I ever did that was cool, I only did because your brother introduced me to it. <laughs> so, because, I mean, you, your brother was the, I'm sorry, the king of New York. Yeah, yeah, it still is. Although he's spending a lot of his time in Rome now. Almost really? all of his time. So he's like the king of Rome now. Well, okay, let's let's take a sidetrack. What is he doing in Rome and why? He's got a Roman girlfriend, and um, he got an apartment there, and he loves it. It's hard to get him home. Well, he, like I said, he he shepherded all of us in, through New York, and Cafe Central was the restaurant slash bar that everybody went to, and Bruce Willis was the bartender. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And his name was Bruno then. Wow. Bruno. Wow. And then it was like, yeah, Bruno, where's Bruno? Yeah, he went out to, he's got a TV pilot called uh, Moonlighting. God, he was so great in that show, too. Oh, so good. His charisma. I mean, he was great. He was just brilliant back then. He was a brilliant bartender. Yeah. I don't remember him as a bartender, but oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I did, maybe I did yeah. meet him at some stage back then. But. Yep. Um, so when you're on the movie with him, um, how, how did, what was your sense of, of his health and how did you, how did you notice what was going on? Well, you know, I heard some rumblings before that, and uh, you know, he had the ear, the ear piece going, and the ear wig for your lines, yeah. And it was just, uh, you know, you could just see it. I, you could see the the he would have a moment of of brilliance too, but you could see he's struggling, and it was yeah. just really sad. Yeah, and it made it tough for me too. I mean, the a- acting with someone who's you know struggling like that, it's pretty tough. And, you know, it, and it happens, you know, I mean, obviously he has a very specific diagnosis, but, mm-hmm. you know, it happens with um, usually old mu- actors who are much older than Bruce. But yeah, I mean, he's 65. You don't expect it's that. Nothing. You know? No. And he looks great. I mean, physically, he's he's great. He's still getting out, getting out there with his buddies and playing golf, and he still seems happy. You could, he, you know, when you'd see him off the set, he'd be smiling, and seems like he's still happy. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, God, I I was in such a state of shock because he's one of my, you know, I think he's a real legitimate movie star. And, and oh, no doubt. I mean, God, just he's one of those people that um, the camera loves. There's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's 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 raw charisma. Yeah. I went to his wedding. Wow. With wow. Demi, when he married Demi Moore, it was the craziest wedding. Wow. <laughs> it was over. It, it took place in three sound stages. My God. You know. You know, soundstage isn't big enough, really, for a wedding when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> there were three of them, and it was the most over-the-top, paid for by a studio. Wow. I think TriStar paid for it because they wanted either Bruce and or me to do one of their movies. And so they figured the way to do it would be pay for their wedding. And it was such a f- spectacle. Mm-hmm. You, you, It was beyond I'm, belief. I'm bummed I missed it. I didn't get the invite. I mean, you're probably in the Philippines. I might have been. <laughs> and you worked with John Travolta in American Metal. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He is great. He is just a really good dude. And uh, 
You know, he's telling a lot of stories about, you know, piloting a plane. I believe he flew out to Alabama. He did in his own plane, which is pretty damn cool. That he parks in his driveway. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. That's pretty cool. It's like his, uh, it's like you pull your car up to the front door. He pulls his plane up to the it's, front it's door. Like the, it's like George Jetson coming home in the spaceship. <laughs> it really is. It's so cool. And he talked a bit about Kevin Connolly, who he worked with on uh, Gotti, about yep. how crazy that experience was. You know, the, the actual Gotties were hanging out on the set watching you. It's got to be a Jesus. little intimidating. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I loved him, man. He's just really cool. I think that's going to be a good movie. American Metal. American Metal. John, um, I had the pleasure of, in, of, you ever see those like Hollywood Reporter roundtable things where actors d- interview yeah, other yeah. actors? They asked me um, if I would interview John, and I was like, are you kidding me? Of course I will. Wow. I mean, again, very similar to Bruce in that just charisma. Yeah. Just, you just love him. Yes. Yeah, he's likable and everything. Oh, and a great actor. Not he's that and Bruce is too, but, but John is so underrated as an actor. I was, oh, no, I was, no, he's great. And, and by the way, Gotti just proves that. He was so good in Gotti. So good. I watched um, Saturday Night Fever again. If you guys out there, guys, gals, if you haven't watched Saturday Night Fever ever, God forbid, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, holy mother of mercury. It's so good. And it captures the times better than any movie I know. And I saw it in the theater. I think I had to sneak into the theater. I was too young to really be in there. And boy, was that good. Those were the days, man. Those were like... Those early that moment in time in the in the seventies, it was just movie after movie after movie. Think about Saturday Night Fever. Think about this for a minute. If you took pick your hot young it star of the moment today, there's no way in the world they get to be in a movie like Saturday Night Fever. You just wouldn't make it. They would yeah. never make it. They'd no. make it maybe on for a streamer, and it would be eight episodes long. Yeah, but a summer movie that was a summer movie that was their big audience bet. Yes. And the Bee Gees, I mean, oh. busted that movie wide open with all that great, that soundtrack was the best ever. It was insane. It was, I'm a big Bee Gees fan. There's a great Bee Gees documentary out on one of the streamers. It was amazing. And how many songs they wrote for other people. They were just, they were really good. They were a rock and roll band in the beginning. Yeah, and there's that great thing where they, in, at the end of one song, they wanted a high screaming falsetto. Barry went in and did it, and everybody went, wait a minute. That's his sound. That's the new sound we're looking for. Just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, I love all that <laughs> stuff. Um, what what are what are you li- loving these days? Are you watching it? In, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Jesus Christ. I could ask you about Reagan. Yeah, you yeah. Play Jack, you play Jack Warner in Reagan. Jack Warner. And uh, Dennis Quaid. You probably know Dennis. Love Dennis. He's so good. He's so the good. Best. And a great guy. And he does the a best. really good Reagan. He oh does get, gets all the characteristics down. Another one of those great underrated actors, I feel. I think he's just amazing. Well, you've worked with another one of my favorite underrated actors, Kurt Russell. Yo, Kurt's, yeah. Kurt's the best, man. Kurt's the best. Dude, he's the best. He's the he best. He is so cool, man. He is so cool. We, we actually had an extra scene together at one stage, and he's like, you know, kid, this might not make it into the film. I'm like, no, don't tell me that. Please don't tell me. He told me that before we started filming. He goes, this is the one scene that could get cut. He's an expert. So I was like, he goes, make it good, kid. Make it good. And I did the best I could, and it ended up getting cut in the end. But he was like, hey, you gave it a chance, kid. You gave it a chance. He was great. 
I would love to work with him. Yeah. I mean, legend. He's Snake Pliskin. <laughs> dude, have you ever seen his movie Bone Tomahawk? No, I have not. I think I caught pieces of it. Horror Western. Wow. And it is absolutely, I'm, I'm just telling you, trust me when I say, watch it immediately. Okay. Bone Tomahawk. Bone is, Tomahawk. By the, the greatest name ever. I'll write that down. It is cool. Bone, Bone Tomahawk. I will say this. It is 100% the most graphically violent movie I've ever seen in my life. Really? So be prepared. If you, if you don't That's like blood. That's right up my alley. You're not scaring me with that. If you don't like blood and gore, you're not going to make it through I this. Love but, blood and gore. But he has, it's one of his greatest performances. Wow. I, I love him so much. I love him um, in Snake Plissken. I thought you were dead. Yeah. Escape yeah. from New York. Great movie. And The Thing is my other and favorite the movie. The Thing is a great movie. Keith David. With Keith David. Yeah. Child, where'd you That go, movie child? was, I mean, when that head has got the gross legs oh. and it's running around the floor, that was that was a scary movie. Such a good movie. Um, when, um, Okay, so so you play Jack Warner. Yeah. What did you learn about Jack Warner? Anything I need to know about him? He seemed like the kind of most mellow of the studio heads, or am I wrong? No, no. He was a very intense guy who, uh, you know, he had a lot to do with, uh, you know, putting SAG together. And Oh, uh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's why he got, Ra- he got Reagan to be the first Screen Actors Guild president. A lot of people don't realize it. he was the first Screen Actors Guild president. It was great playing Jack. You know, I got to put on the bald cap and, uh, and wear these, you know, these wild double-breasted suits. And it was cool. It was cool. I didn't, it's a small part. I didn't have a lot to do, but it was good. It was a, it was a fun You got role. to work with, De- and Dennis was Reagan. And was he, were you working with Dennis as Reagan? Yes, all my scenes were with Dennis, who killed it. And uh, yeah. we would hang out afterwards. We, we were both staying at the same hotel and we would go down to the lobby, start playing the uh, piano. And, Great balls uh, of fire. Yeah, exactly. Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, and he was playing that stuff, and he still got it all down. Is he? Uh, last time I saw him, he was obsessed with golf. Is he still golfing like a lunatic? Yeah, yeah. We played a couple times out there. Where yeah. are you playing these days? Where Where do you play? Uh, I'm a member at Satakoy here in L.A. Yeah, which is uh, kind of like the Camarillo area. Great golf yeah, yeah. course. But I'm also a member of Wingfoot, in New York. No, are you way. golfing? Yes, I love. I'm obsessed with. I it. thought I saw your shirt. Look. Is that like uh, Augusta? Augusta. Nice, dude. I've never played there. I'm dying to play there. How was it? It is everything you think it's going to be and more. Wow. It, wow. And it's the it's the experience. The experience is, is like it's unlike any other, as the, as Jim mm. Nance would would tell you. I didn't know you played golf. Is this something you're just doing now? Is it new for you or I? screwed around as a kid, never really liked it one way or the other. Got When I got sober, a lot of guys, when they get sober, take up three things, coffee, cigar, and golf. I yeah. took up all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then I had kids and put it away for 20 years. Literally 20 years, I probably didn't swing a club. Wow. Then, then when my kids are out of the house, I was like, you know what? I've got free time. I'm really going to commit to golf, mm. And I, which was great because I, I, I started with you know, really learning the swing from the ground up. We'll have to tee it up, bro. I would love that. Put together a group and come come play um, Sandpiper. Oh man, I would love to. I would love. I'd love that golf course right on the ocean. It's beautiful, beautiful. That, that that's basically my my home course. Nice. And Kevin Connolly now he's playing too. So we we'll get Doug Allen. We could drag him out there. He'll play a little bit. 
Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Now, are you, are you a guy that believes in having music on the golf course, I or love are you anti music? You love the. I knew it. We are Dylan. You have to have your. I boom love box. it. I love the music. I just love it on the golf course. Big boom box, like Matty D. <laughs> like big Matty D with the boom. Yeah. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Maddie D, just to talk a little bit about Maddie D. I mean, okay, I remember so vividly this one scene in The Outsiders. It's late at night. It's where we shoot him. His character Dallas is going to be shot by the cops. Yeah. It's late. The sun's coming up. Matt is wearing a prosthetic on his chest that's taken two hours to put on. Oh boy. It's very clear that we're we have probably one shot at this before the sun comes up. We, it's eight cameras. We come running down the street. Matt comes into the park. The cop, cue the cop. It's, it's a lot of working pieces. 
and we're rolling. He's about to get shot. And Matt ad-libs, you'll never take me alive. And I remember so vividly going, that is the worst ad-lib <laughs> I've ever. He can't be serious. And they shoot, by the way, in the movie. It's in the movie. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I got to rewatch this movie. I haven't seen it in so long. They'll never take me alive. Like it's Jimmy Cagney in 1940. But, but you know, he, I, I got to say, I've never been on a show where a director was more in love with an actor than Francis was with Matt. He was in love with your, he would literally, your, your brother shit ice cream on that show. I mean, <laughs> literally he could do anything. And Francis thought it was the greatest thing oh, ever. He could even line, yell, dude. you'll never take me alive. And Francis put it in the movie. It was, I can't unreal. wait to use that line. He shit ice cream. I mean, yes. Just great. It was right. I mean, it was un, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. In, what a like, movie that was. Right? Oh, my God. Such a cool movie. Yeah. It was, we, we, I mean, the stories that, uh, that we could tell on that one. Were, yeah. And talk about a cast. It's like oh, a platoon cast. But absolutely. T. Cruz. And that was great. T. Cruz. Yeah. Those were, and, and, I, and I always remembered um, just always, like I said, your, your, your bro being so gracious and- I just looked up to him so much. He wasn't, he's not that much older than me, but you would have thought in terms of experience. Yeah. And Swayze was older than Matt, but yeah. Matt still was kind of like the guy. Yeah. Well, he started so young. He started at 13. So it felt like he had been around for a long time by then. Right. And yeah. He was such a, you know, big teen idol back in those days. Oh man. As were you. Tiger beat. You know what I learned later on is that, um, Francis Coppola asked for um, Michelle Manning, his assistant, to go to um, a 7-Eleven and bring back all of the Teen Idol magazines and cut out the pictures, the people who appeared most and put their pictures on a, on a, on a board. And that's how Matt and I got on his radar. Uh, it, it was literally from, wow. from that. I mean... Francis definitely beat teen bag and all those teen bop bop me and <laughs> yeah I mean I got on those a couple times myself but I never really hit it I didn't hit it big on those magazines oh come on now I don't believe that you're just being no you're I just really being didn't I didn't hit it like I mean you guys were global I mean you guys got became huge no, I wouldn't do those things even exist anymore do you think do you I think, don't I don't think they do is Timothy Chalamet out there. You know, and like, who would it be? It'd be Timothy Chalamet and Austin Butler and like <laughs> what they want for breakfast and their favorite sweaters and all this. Their, what puppy dog yeah, I they I wonder if they're, they're out there anymore, those teen bags and tiger beats. And maybe, maybe they're online. Maybe there's online versions. Austin Butler's holiday wishes for you and your puppy. <laughs> Just like really hard hitting journalism like that. I'll tell you, Matt hated it. He was, he, after a while, he was like, I, I don't want to be on these magazines anymore. Nobody's ever going to take me seriously if, I'm, if I stay on these things. Who was Matt's manager? Vic Ramos. Oh, my God, Vic Ramos. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, my. He was Colonel Tom Parker. He was like, yeah, he was a lot like him. Colonel Tom Parker to, to Matt Zelvis. Matt was cutting class. He, he used to be a, a casting director. Matt was cutting class at the Homics in Mamaronic. And outside smoking a cigarette at 13, 
and he was casting Over the Edge, and he met Matt. Oh, my God. He said, hey, will you come in and read for us for a movie? Matt came in. They were like, God, this is our guy. Over the Edge. Very cool movie. Great oh, yeah. soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Cheap trick and all that. It was really cool. Jesus. When you decided to be an actor, because I know like when Chad, my brother, decided to be an actor, we both had a moment of like having to navigate that. Did mm-hmm. did did was Matt supportive? Was he like great? Or was he like, what are you hey, this is my bag? Or did you or you did you have trepidation about it? Like, how did that go for you guys as brothers? Well, I, I started out doing uh, school plays. I played Petruchio in The Taming of the Shrew. I got kind of yes. roped into doing that. And I didn't, wow. I didn't really want to do it. But then after doing three nights of that play and getting the laughs on stage, I was like, this is it. I want to do this. Right. And I think Matt was more afraid of, for me, he was afraid for me of what could happen because most guys aren't going to make it. Right. But after, uh, you know, after I got some work, he was, you know, very supportive. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's same with, I mean, you were clearly, before Chad, you were already a big star. And- yeah, Chad and Chad and Charlie, Sheen, even even right up until Charlie did Platoon, were going to be Major League Baseball players. I remember Charlie, yeah. Charlie was big into it. I remember he brought two mitts. It, to the Philippines. We would have a catch in the Philippines. He had an arm, man. He had a sick arm. Charlie could probably throw in his, at 16 and 70, at 16 and 17 years old, Charlie could probably throw 87 miles an hour. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. He 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 absolutely could have been, without a question, at least a minor league pro yeah. basketball player. Yeah, and that's why he's so athlete. great. And great basketball player, too. He's got a great jump shot. Yep. By the way, we, I don't know if you heard that me and Charlie did a little pilot. Oh, thank you. Did thank you hear you, about this? Thank you. Okay, no, no, I heard all about it. You, oh, you have okay. to tell me everything because Ellen, Doug Ellen, self-financed this. Yes, he did. Yes. So, Along so, with Ted Foxman, who uh, he put a lot of money in. But it's really, I mean, right now it's basically the pilot's been shot and it's really basically like a home video until it gets sold, and I think it will sell because it's really good. So it's me and Charlie and Kevin Connolly with Doug Allen writing it. We got yep. John C. McGinley in there. It's going to be great, dude. And it's called? It's called Ramble On. Like the Led Zeppelin song. Like the Zeppelin song, but it's more about the podcast world. Dude, you could be totally in this. I could totally see what is the What is the plot? What is the plot? Tell me the plot. What a great group. It's a weird kind of situation. We are playing ourselves but we're not really playing ourselves kind of right. like uh yep larry david really isn't yep. larry david you know exactly I mean, it's kind of that that situation so you could come on playing yourself with your podcast i mean it, it could totally work i love that and and the theory about what i loved about it was hearing about it was just the idea of um the self-financing and, and you guys controlling your own destiny and yeah you know, not, and not being beholden to anybody and making what you want to make and then yep. going we out and selling it. We all did it for it. free. I mean, we had to get paid scale for, for SAG. Right. But yeah, it's uh, it's our baby right now, and we're going to pitch it. And it's it's really good, dude. It really, it, it it's quick. It's a half-hour comedy. I'm assuming you will go to the usual suspects, the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Disney They're going to pitch and- it out. They're going to show it to everyone. Hopefully they'll have a little... 
let them battle it out and see who gets it. But I, I got a feeling it's going to go. I really do. Oh, I would love that. I've done enough bad ones, and I've done some good <laughs> ones, like Entourage. This thing is good, and it will go. I believe it will go. And how was Sir Charles? He's such a funny man. He was man. great, man. He's such a great guy, and I've always loved Charlie. And he's great, really great in this movie. And this movie feels like a movie, but and this TV show. He's just, he's amazing. And he's always been great. And I think the world misses him. And it'd be great to be seeing him again. It really will. Totally. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's Charlie kind of playing Charlie a little bit. Some of it's going to be real, some of it not. But it's going to be funny. I heard Charlie gave up smoking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know when he did, but yeah, he wasn't smoking on the set. That's for sure. God, I can't picture him. I gave it up 15 years ago. That's very good. Your brother probably sold more cigarettes for people. <laughs> he probably than... killed a couple people along the way. You know what? Uh, cigarettes look cool on film. They, they just, just do. do the smoke. Do you know what? And you just look they like just badass, do. Right? They, there's just no way around it. There's a reason why people smoke on screen. Yeah, you got one dangling out of your mouth. You could flick it. You could do all kind of blow a smoke ring. You know, there's a lot of cool things. It's a good prop. And they and they really have excised it out of movies. They really have. Well, you know, I started up. I, I think I quit three times, and I would always start up again because I'd be like, "Oh, this character's got to smoke. He's a smoking character." You know, yes, of course. Start up again, and even Entourage got me smoking again because we were smoking so much weed, and they would use cigarette tobacco. And yep, I fell back into it because all the other guys smoked, and I started smoking again. It's a slippery slope. This smoking. I, I I was never a cigarette smoker, but when you're sitting around other actors that you admire, and you're just talking, and if they're all smoking, and you're in rehearsals, and the hours are long, it it just it's just one of those things that you just kind of start doing. Yeah, because they look so damn cool doing it. Right? <laughs> Just to punctuate. You can punctuate on a... Yeah, and it's uh, kind of like uh, it punctuates anything you do. You know, I just ate a meal, I'll have a cigarette. I, after sex, got to have a cigarette. You know, it's a punctuation. So good. So you have the movie Hot Seat with, with Gibson. I mean, working with Mel for the second time, I did something in Paris, France with him called On the Line. He's a great guy. I don't know. Do you know oh, Mel? Yeah. I do know Mel. We have, we've had the same publicist for years. I, I I adore him. Yeah, he's fun, man. He's got so many cool stories. Great oh. sense of humor. Yep. And we had some good stuff in this one. Yeah. What is what what's the what is the premise? It's called Hot Seat, and it kind of explains what what's going on here. Is I'm I'm a computer hacker who's been in trouble for hacking, and he's kind of got his life back together, and. Um, He's doing IT work for this company, and he gets roped into he he gets a bomb put under his seat, mm. and someone's making him hack for them. Gotcha. So the whole time, I mean, half the movie, I have a bomb under my seat. It was tricky, man. It was tough. It was a seven day shoot, Rob. Whoa, seven. And the dialogue. I, I mean, I, we had a twenty six page day of dialogue with Whoa. me and one other person. I mean, it was just, it was unreal, but we did it, and I, I feel like we didn't miss a beat. Everything's there. I don't know how they did it, but seven days, and it came out great. You know, it's amaz it always amazes me what can be accomplished on a, on a short schedule if you have the right actors, the right crew, and, and the right pre-logistics. Yeah, and that's, that was the key here, the logistics. I was stuck mm -hmm. in the seat for half of it. 
and I couldn't get away from my desk. So uh, now, did you resort to? I, my mind immediately goes to, well, I'm going to be looking at a screen. You could, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing to have my dialogue on the screen. You know, I put a little note here and there. Oh, occasionally. Yes. I had a lot of weird, you know, dialogue that was uh, IT dialogue, like oh. You know, technical terms. and Yes. Eh, it's not the end of the world if I taped one on the screen here, if I taped one over here somewhere as I'm looking up at the camera. and Yeah, little tricks to the trade. But for the most part, I like to know my lines. I mean, you could when you're doing a seven-day shoot, it's allowed. It's good enough for Marlon Brando. It's good enough for me. Yeah, well, Brando would pin it on your shirt and look at your... <laughs> Put it on the ceiling too, right? It's amazing. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's before you went with the earwig. Yeah, earwig didn't. I I worked with an actor who, um, for, I didn't think needed it. I think he was just, I don't know. I just maybe he just didn't want to do. It. But but a famous actor, famous character actor, and working with an actor with an earwig, which you've told me you did with with Willis. Yeah, it feels like they're on a. Like on like the old episodes of the of Larry King Live, where like go on, you're in Roanoke, Virginia. Go ahead, and then it takes like five yeah, seconds for them to delay. answer. There's a yeah. delay. The delay is not good. No, it's not good for the other actor. No, if you're waiting. <laughs> well, this actor would also, as he was hearing the line that he was about to say, he, you could see his eyes like kind of yeah, roll back up in his head. He's looking off to the left and right. And just, yeah, <laughs> and like, and then kind of their lips are slightly moving, like 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 they're gonna say. It's, they're repeating was, what they're yes, hearing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so funny. It's tough, dude. It's tough. No doubt. Oh about God, it. actors. God bless us all. That's what yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, you only have so much room for so much dialogue. I mean, you got to let go of it the next day. People will ask, "Hey, say that line from that movie." And you're like, I can't remember a single line from a past movie at all. Victory. That's all I got for you, bro. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Victory. <laughs> That's all they want to hear nowadays anyway. And all I've got is literally. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the star of Hot Seat, Kevin Dillon. Just a sweetheart. He's always been one of the sweetest guys. Always has been. He hasn't, and I'm glad to see that success has not uh, changed him one bit. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob, it's Tony from Fullerton, California. But kind of like a Generation X, Johnny Carson, I really like your uh, interview style. And I was wondering if you had a regular, like a traditional late night talk show, would you have a sidekick and who would it be? And also what would be your sort of house band? So think about that. Thanks a lot. You're doing a great job. Bye. Wow. I love that. Thanks, man. Uh, what a cool idea. What a great parlor game. Who would be your sidekick of your late night talk show? For sure, I think you have a for sure having a late night talk show would be great. Do you think David Spade would do it? He wouldn't. He's too big of a star. But I'm thinking of people that I have a relationship with and that I know would be funny. It has to be somebody funny. Somebody who's just a killer. David Duchovny? He'd never do it. But he's so dry. He doesn't talk much. So he'd actually be a great sidekick. I'm going to go with David Duchovny 
or David Spade? Um, or how about Ice T? I think Ice T and I might be the couple America didn't know that they needed. That's what I think. Anyway, thank you. Oh, a house band. There've been so many great house bands. I always love the Max Weinberg Five on Conan, or the Max Weinberg whatever they were, were great. The Roots are great. Um, Paul Schaefer, of course, is and was amazing. Um, but then again, there's also something about having a DJ. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bring Max Weinberg off the E Street Band and have, make him play for me. That's what I'm doing. All right, thanks, brother. Join me next week, everybody. You're gonna really love our guest next week. I can't say who it is yet. Just trust me. It's going to be good. And um, five-star review would be wonderful if you're so inclined on Apple. And I'll see you next week right here on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. Our research is done by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music you hear is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. mobilecom